So this is the uh, official Cantastic Wrestle Corner Impact Wrestling Under Siege review. We've just, uh, as of this taping, just concluded Impact's Under Siege pay-per-view. Nine matches. Um, I thought they all went pretty well. Most of them, the outcome was expected as uh, my predictions, my own predictions. So with these Impact Wrestling reviews, um, or pay-per-views, sorry, I noticed that it's mostly just about advancing like just the match, just just having straight up wrestling, which I'm fine with totally. You'd want to maybe insert a few interesting storyline developments here and there, and I think there were two in here, which I will mention as this review goes on. So first of all, is uh, the first match was Brian Myers who defeated Black Torus from Decay. Um, obviously, Black Torus has undergone a bit of an appearance change since joining the group. His face is now ironically white. Uh, Myers does a little thumb of the eye and manages to pin Black Torus with a roster cut, which is basically a running lariat. And even if Myers, I think, lost this match, uh, I think he's actually still being booked better than he would be in WWE. I mean, as when he was in WWE, he was just mostly like a jobber, so there was really no storyline development when it came to him, so at least I'm glad that Impact's treating him a little better. So Myers wins this match. I don't know whether this continues a feud with Decay going forward. I'm not exactly sure what. We'll see what happens uh, this Thursday on Impact Plus or Impact on Access. Uh, next is the Taylor Wilde and Tennille Dashwood defeated Kimberly and Susan. This was a tag match that came about at Susan's request on Impact last Thursday. Uh, obviously, Taylor and Tennille are playing this sort of dysfunctional tag team thing where she doesn't really want to team with Tenio at the mo at this time. Um, oh, ironically, this match ended with uh, Susan getting thrown the ropes and then Caleb, uh, Tenio's friend, kicking her, ironically, with his shoe, which is something that Susan uses as a foreign object in the past. So Taylor gets the German suplex pinfall for the win. Afterwards, there's this awkward selfie Tenio takes of Taylor. Taylor's grimacing, and she doesn't look like she really wants to be in the photo. I'm not sure if... I don't think this is developing into a team at this point. I think uh, they're just going to play off on this sort of... Uh, yeah, keep your distance for a while. I don't want to be... I'm kind of doing my own thing, so I don't know. This We'll see where this uh, storyline develops. Third match is the four-man... four-team uh, tag team match for the number one contender for the Impact World Tag Team titles, currently held by Finjuice. Teams are Ace Austin and Madman Fulton, uh, Rohit and Shira, Triple XL, and the random team of TJP and PD Williams, because these two guys don't have anything better to do. My initial predictions was either Austin and Fulton or Triple XL, because they are actually really the only established teams in this match as Rohit and Shira are pretty new though I had some high hopes for them in the future uh, I was okay with XXXL winning this because it's the natural 
heel and baby face dynamic if they end up facing Finjuice, but uh, Austin and Fulton got the win. And I think this was well-deserved. I don't think I've seen Fulton compete for a title or at least get close to competing for a title yet. So if these guys become tag champions and bring the titles back to Impact, that would be great. Next up was just a grudge match between W. Morrissey, also known as formerly Big Cass from WWE, and Willie Mack. There were times at this match that I thought that the match was going to end in a TKO because like Morrissey looks like he's just hitting really hard. If you've never seen this guy before, he looks like a 7 foot tall version of like Edge because his face just looks like Edge. Guy basically wins this match after a big boot to the back of the head of Willie. Takes him out. One, two, three. Afterwards, he, uh, Morrissey continues to beat down on Mac until Rich Swan comes in and makes a save. We haven't seen Rich in almost a month since he lost the Impact World title to Kenny Omega at Rebellion. So at this point, uh, one tweet that I saw was that at this point, Willie Mac is basically Rich Swan's friend. <laughs> and at some point, the guy's probably going to snap and start feuding with Rich. Cause it's almost like he's a sec- he's like a afterthought. I'm not. Yeah, that might be one case. I'm not sure if uh, one one thing I noticed was um, they made some references to Morrissey's old tag team partner Enzo when they said when uh, Morrissey did this power move and uh, Matt Stryker said, "Oh, you can't teach that." And uh, when Rich came out and drove off Morrissey, Rich started doing the shuffle with his feet the way Enzo used to do in the ring. So as his little dance move. So um, little nod to his former tag team, which probably would, in storyline terms, piss off Morrissey because his promo before basically said he wanted to, you know, leave the past behind kind of thing. So wants to be his own man. So we'll see, uh, I guess we'll see a Swan versus Morrissey match at some point. Uh, fifth match is the Knockouts Tag Team title defense from Jordan Grace and Rachel Ellering versus Fire and Flavor. Uh, surprise, uh, surprise result. Fire and Flavor end up uh, winning after Tasha Steeles hits a frog splash on Jordan, which kind of feeds into the narrative that Jordan is the weak link. I don't know. Um, yeah. Like, they just won these Knockouts Tag Titles. They just brought these Knockouts Tag Titles back. Uh, They gave Fire and Flavor a uh, solid couple of weeks as champions before Jordan Grace and Rachel knocked them off. I mean, I thought they should have kept the belts belts, uh, to at least up to Slammiversary. But looks like uh, Fire and Flavor are being uh, swung in that direction. So now they are two-time... Knockouts Tag Team Champions. I'm not sure what teams are on the horizon at this point to face them. I mean, I guess my predictions would be either Wild and Dashwood if they stay as a team, or maybe even Havoc and Rosemary if uh, Havoc decides to join Decay. So there you go. We have new Knockouts Tag Team Champions. Now we finally get to, uh, I guess, the... uh, back half of the pay-per-view Josh Alexander the X-Division champion in an interpromotional match is defending against New Japan's El Fantasmo from the Bullet Club this was an interesting match because El Fantasmo is uh, I've never seen him wrestle before but he does these uh, moves that are kind of out there 
So he also he does, for example, he actually I don't know if he's paying homage or he's just ripping off some of the Undertaker stuff, but he does the top rope walking, which is like what Undertaker does with his old school. Uh, Josh, uh, you know, wrestled a very solid match. I gotta give my props out to Josh Alexander as a fellow Canadian. Uh, El Fantasmo, he did this ridiculous top rope Hurricane Rana. I don't know, Josh must have flown like 15 feet in the air. And um, I thought actually, in spite of what D.O. Brown was saying that Fantasmo didn't go for a deep cover, I thought he, I thought he did go for a deep cover. When you like, basically... I mean, he basically put his whole body on on top of Josh and hooked the leg back, which I thought was enough to, in terms of weight distribution. But, well, that's just my take on that. So Josh went for his divine intervention, uh, un- double underhook, uh, I guess, power driver a couple times, but didn't get it. Finally manages to lock in the ankle lock and taps out Phantasmo, which I'm glad they uh, let him retain the title because I don't think Impact can keep going on with this losing all their major titles to people from other companies. Uh, next up is Diana Perrazzo defending their knockouts title against Havoc. Um, another okay match. You know, Havoc um, got distracted by Kimber and Susan, unfortunately. And then Diana Diana manages to lock in her uh, Fujiwara armbar, taps out Havoc for the submission. I mean, this... Title reign is going to last very long time. I think it may last up to Slammiversary, maybe even longer than that. I mean, I don't see any possible challengers on the horizon from the current Impact Knockouts roster at this point. I mean, within the space of a year, they've uh, actually lost a lot of uh, credible challengers. I mean, Kylie Ray had some personal issues she had to deal with, so she left wrestling for a while. Uh, Jazz was retired by Diana, and um, Taya Valkyrie uh, decided to sign with WWE, so they wrote her out of this out of the company. And Rosemary already lost to Perazzo, so um, not a lot of challenges on uh, Diana's uh, horizon. Although Diana herself is now actually challenging for titles in other companies uh, in the Mexico promotion. I think it was AAA just recently. So we'll see if uh, Diana also ends up becoming a double champion in her own right. But suffice it to say, the only thing knock time I think she's gonna face challengers is perhaps outside the company. We'll see what uh, happens in July. Uh, so we go to our guest two two co-main events: the six-man tag team match between Eddie Edwards and Finn Juice. Um, they defeated the Elite, consisting of Kenny Omega, Doc Gallows, and Carl Anderson. This was a pretty good, solid back and forth. Uh, you know. Omega and the Good Brothers, they pulled off some of the triple team maneuvers. Uh, but uh, the match ends with, um, I guess, Carl Anderson's becoming kind of the fall guy here. As in, he's he's the one eating the pinfall. Edwards hits the Boston E party, pins Carl for, on Carl, pins Carl for the win. Uh, so at least, you know, Impact gets a, pin, a win, win over the uh, Omega crew. So um, see what happens with this. Actually, if uh, what I'm able to describe uh, as the ending of the um, six-way scramble for the number one contendership may develop something else with uh, Eddie Edwards in the future, because uh, 
finally, we go to the uh, that match: Chris Bay versus Matt Cardona versus Sammy Callahan versus uh, Chris Sabin versus Trey Miguel versus Moose. Surprisingly, I did not see um, what I was expecting, which was Chris Bay getting replaced by Rhino, because George Iceman had put this rumor out there that. Uh, one of the contenders was going to get taken out and replaced by someone who lost the previous qualifying match. Now, at first, I thought it was going to be Rhino because he has the Call Your Shot Gauntlet uh, Gauntlet Trophy, which allows him to you know, basically uh, cash it in, for lack of a better term, for a title opportunity. But the logic escapes me because why would he? Why would Rhino cash in on a? shot to be the number one contender when that trophy allows him to get a title match so uh everybody came out for their op- uh, entrances so basically we got the participants of the match that was booked uh moose starts off this whole come and get me everybody and uh everybody tried to but i guess moose was sort of playing the andre the giant role at that point um, this was a pretty much what you expected uh, of a six-way scramble a lot of spots uh, between Guess Chris Bay and uh, Chris Saban. Um, Trey and Chris Sab- Bay went for like a double um, over the top rope um, maneuver when they both ran out and hit the other four guys. Match went back and forth. Sammy Callahan brings in the chair. Um, pretty much destroyed the chair by suplexing Bay on it. It was just completely dented. I actually picked Sammy Callahan. To be the winner of this match because I think they want to save wanted to save Moose for Slammiversary, but then the Good Brothers came out and took out Callahan. Um, then this, uh, which left uh, Moose and Chris Saban in the ring. Moose starts clipping Saban's surgically repaired knee or ACL, which then allowed Moose to set up for the spear. And now Moose wins the match, and Moose is now the number one contender. So I don't know what's worse for Kenny Omega. He could have just ended up facing somebody smaller, like a Saban or a Bay, or even a Cardona, or even Callahan. But now he's going to end up facing Moose, which, you know, if you've seen Moose wrestle before, he's pretty much a high-caliber athlete. I mean, he's basically carried one of the top-tier guys on impact. So, you know... We're going to see a really good, solid match between Kenny Omega and Moose for the Impact World title whenever that day comes. I'm guessing they're going to do this at against all odds, but you know it would be better if they booked it for Slammiversary. Because I'm thinking at Slammiversary in July, that's when it's more safe to say fans will come back and that Impact's going to have that pay-per-view inside an auditorium with people in it. As for Callahan, he's got a beef now with the Good Brothers who cost him this uh, number, one, number one contenders match. And so who's he going to team with to uh, face off against Gallows and Anderson? I mean, and funny enough, I think the only person he could rely on is Eddie Edwards, somebody he's gone to war with in the past. And hey, if you're going to be doing an impact versus, you know, even though the Gallows and Anderson are actually technically impact employees... Who are you going to trust to fight against these guys? I mean, outsiders, if you will. Might as well pick somebody you've gone to war with in the past. And hey, the enemy of my enemy is my friend, right? Um, as for what happens in uh, going forward, 
I really hope they do something a little better if they're going to book a Kenny Omega versus Moose match. I hope Moose shows up on AEW to try to, you know, prod the prod the bear and uh, distract uh, Omega here and there. Because they didn't do anything with Rich Swan when he was uh, when they were, you know, advertising for this huge title versus title match back at Rebellion. But there you go. That's my review of what happened uh, at Impact's Under Siege pay per view. The next pay per view coming up will be Against All Odds. Uh, it will take place on June twelfth. Again at Skyway Studios. This is funny because. Um, Against All Odds is a similar sort of like casino theme, which is what Double or Nothing is over on AEW. So I don't know if this is, um, I mean, they've had these Against All Odds pay-per-views before, but it's just coincidental that they're having uh, Against All Odds around the same time as uh, AEW, even though AEW's Double or Nothing takes place at the end of May. So it's just an odd coincidence there. And, you know, we don't know what's going to happen next because I think uh, the next major event to take place for Impact is Slammiversary and uh, just so much to unpack there. But for now, I will save that for maybe another review with uh, on this pod or even in an article on SLTD Wrestling. Again, <laughs> I didn't introduce myself, I think. I'm the uh, I'm at the Cantastic on Twitter, Instagram, and other social media if I am on anything else on sldd wrestling and uh thank you for tuning in and have a good day